Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Under the Hoodies. I'm Bill Kegel. I'm joined by Tony from Syracuse. You sound like a caller. Tony, Tony, what is happening? Uh, okay, Tony's for some on, reason. Buddy? Oh, you are patched in. Good, good. What's happening? Oh, I'm here. Yeah. Okay, good. I am excited. My thing just showed it when you were out of whole National show. Football League. Hey, but first, we have... Um, we have some good news for Derrick Rose fans and current New York Knicks fans, as I am a former New York Knicks fan. Derrick Rose has been cleared of all charges. So uh, get out there and, um, you know, do bad things and have a lot of money and you'll be fine. So, but this isn't our NBA show. This is our NFL show. And first topic, we're just going to jump right into it, Tony. We are going to talk about he just might as well he might as well be the third person in our show for crying out loud at this point. We talk about this guy every week, but young Odell Beckham Jr. And um Tony, you go ahead. I'm going to be a counterpuncher right. today. Uh Odell and the guy super talented but just such a knucklehead. Cut it out with the personal foul penalties. I mean he scores the big touchdown. Giants has a lead, and then he's stupid enough to take off his helmet within the field of play, which we've all known since the mid-'90s you cannot do. It's like I said, he's mm-hmm. so talented, but he's going to end up costing his team a win one of these times. That penalty almost cost him. That 15 yards on the kickoff, and, of course, too, that roughing the passer penalty later on, the Ravens had a great chance to come back. Just couldn't seal the deal. Like I said, all the talent the in the Giants world just, the Giants were trying to lose that game. They were just Absolutely. doing their best to lose that game. Um, go ahead, though. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but it's like you said, they were doing everything they could to lose that game, which is uh, the problem they had last year when they just couldn't close games out and cough it up in the fourth quarter. And early on this season, we thought they'd learn from that and they had changed course of that, especially week one in the Dallas game. But now it just seems like they're reverting back to their old ways at times when it comes to that. Well, here's the thing, though. They're not losing games in the last minute. They're coming close. Boy, they're coming close. But I thought the first two games, they did a really nice job. Uh, they did a really nice job in, uh, you know, managing the clock at the end of the games. Um, the, the middle three games, uh, they are, you know, they played Minnesota, they played Green Bay, which Green Bay, the only legitimate loss I think they have this year, it wasn't a fluky one. I mean, they just got put over a knee and spanked, was Minnesota. Green Bay, they actually played pretty well. Um, nothing really to write home about. about but, I mean, I, Green Bay, I think, played pretty bad. I, I thought they played pretty balanced. They just, for whatever reason, couldn't get the ball in the end zone. I don't get it. They're exchanging field goals for t- – or, excuse me, touchdowns for field goals, which is upsetting because that's been the story of this giant season. They're not playing really well in the red zone right now. Eli only has eight touchdown passes, but he's throwing the ball all over the field. Uh, so that's a little concerning. Six interceptions. Uh, one was sort of just a makeshift punt at the end of the half in the Ravens game. And then uh, the other one was just uh receiver fell down. Cornerback made a great play on the one in the Ravens game. So like all quarterbacks, not all of them are their, inter- their fault. Um, Eli's only had one just really like, oh, what were you doing interception so far this year? So that is a, that is a good thing, I guess. Uh, that was, you know, the rest are just sort of fluky. Uh, certainly Shepard ran the wrong route on one. Uh, just, just weird. So, Back to Odell Beckham, though. So, he has three penalties so far this year, totaling 45 yards, an unsportsmanlike conduct, offensive pass interference, and an illegal shift. 
the illegal shift we'll get rid of. Offensive pass interference and the unsportsmanlike conduct, those are definitely avoidable. Those are things that, you know, could cost them. And trust me, Tony, I'm not going to disagree with you here. I about paced a hole in my floor after he took his helmet off and got the 15-yard penalty. I was like, oh, no, the Giants are trying to lose this game. They are doing their best. So they start with the ball in pretty good field position. Joe Flacco, you know, he's no schlub. He's the Super Bowl champion. He's proven to be a Patriot killer. He's proven to play really well in high-pressure situations. Um, And also, the Giants really got away with one because I think they had five starters out that game. Man, and, and they were getting pressure on Flacco with uh, with their with their uh, they had a couple offensive linemen out too, a couple of their starters. I want to say Yonda was out, um, and somebody oops, you, uh, somebody else. So I, I do think it's a little concerning. But Odell Beckham, now back to him. He could have cost him the game, right? But there's no game for them to have cost if he doesn't exist. I mean, he took two slants, and I want I got I got a really kind of a you know deep cut here here stat here. Odell Beckham has caught every slant, slant thrown at him this year, 137 yards and a touchdown. Every single slant's been thrown his way, he's caught. I mean, that's clearly his route. Uh, teams are going to know this and start to focus on it. But the good thing about Odell is with his athleticism and speed, he's a great route runner um, and just, just game-breaking ability. There's no other receiver in the league that I think most people would say that can take that slant and just, and just run it for a touchdown like Odell can. To eight catches, 220 yards, and two touchdowns in that Baltimore game. I mean, he just abused them. Um, so your point is a good point. Trust me. I myself was very, very worried about it watching that game, but I mean, you, you have to admit, I mean, they're winning games, especially the Baltimore game thus far with him because of him, not because of Eli. So I love okay. Eli. You say they're winning games. Remind me where they are in the NFC East standings again. They're three and three through six games. That's, that means nothing. That means absolutely Bottom. nothing right now. I mean, it, okay. it's all it's just coming back to winning games, though. I said they're winning games because of Odell Beckham. I'm not saying they're just winning games. I'm saying without Odell Beckham, that three and three is a one and five, probably. You may be right, but like I said, it's it's such a headache for the team. Just cut it out, man. And I'm all for shenanigans. I love them. I used to love what Chad Johnson would do on the sidelines. And Odell does it a little bit as well, but do it on the sidelines. Keep it off the field. Do not take your helmet off. Idiotic thing, and everybody Th- knows that it. was it's nothing such new. A boneheaded. That was such a boneheaded thing, and then that thing has to stop. It, it was funny the like, first time in Green Bay, out? although, it, yeah, it kind It'd of be one thing if it was just the helmet, game. but if you add it up collectively over the last two years, everything he's done, the the fights with Norman, the cheap shot on Norman, the the um, retaliation penalty against Minnesota, the helmet, it all just keeps adding up. And I, a good comparison for this is um, in the New England game, if you saw Gronkowski, how uh, Burfecht went low on him and he thought it was a cheap shot. And Gronkowski started jawjacking with the Bengals defense, you know, with Burfecht and uh, you know, Adam Pacman Jones, who aren't exactly model citizens of the league and have their history. But, you know, right. he gets the penalty for that. He's jawjacking with them, un- unsportsmanlike conduct. If you notice after the game of the press conference, you can tell that Bill Belichick read him the riot act. You know, basically, he probably said something about how that's not the Patriot way, settle down, you know, fall back in line. And unfortunately for the Giants, especially with, you know, with their new head coach, I just don't feel like they have that leader that can do that. Someone needs to step up and just tell Beckham he needs to just fall in line and cut it with the shenanigans. Like I said, the sideline stuff is fine, but in between those lines, he needs to just 
be a you know be a model citizen, especially because everyone's looking for it. The referees are watching for it. There's a microscope on him. If he would just calm down for a few weeks, all of this would just go away. But he just keeps compounding on top of it. Tony, I was uh, I was set to sit here and disagree with you, but there's you know and this is bad pod. I I can't disagree with any of that. Unfortunately, I think that is a huge problem with Ben McAdoo. Um, and I think he's I I mean the job of a leader. Disclosure too. I'm not doing all this to be a, a you know a Cowboys fan who hates on the Giants. I dealt with T.O. in Dallas. I hated when T.O. pulled this stupid stuff. You know, just You're play also hard, play the right with, way, oh. and don't make it affect your team. You know, don't don't cost, potentially cost your team games or field position with these stupid penalties. You're also you're also sort of dealing with it a little bit with Dez. Not obviously not this year because he's not playing. And I I would yeah. argue that I think that's a good thing. Um, you have you have probably the biggest boneheaded player in the league on your team, at least on offense. I mean, I think the defense. I think the Bengals Here's pretty the much have the uh, the bonehead Dez, all-star. Go ahead. What's the difference? Dez could be a prima donna. I would love to know the difference. He never never got flags for it. Give me an instance where he got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for it. Give me an instance where he's he's t- single-handedly taken over a game and won a game for you. He does not even show up to meetings. He's not on the field. The, gr- the, gr- the Green Bay game where it should have been a catch. There you go. This should have been. Okay. It's a rule. Unfortunately, it's a stupid rule. You and I will both agree. If that was a touchdown and that rule didn't exist, yeah, that would be your argument, but it didn't, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, what happens and what should have happened are two different things. Oh, here's my point, though. Your prima donna receiver isn't even playing. He's not even out there, and you're winning in spite of him. So that, in a way, is making your point, but that, in a way, is also making mine because it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. Your receiver's not playing, and your team's better. My my receiver is playing and is making his team better. I mean, without him, what are they? Honestly, you tell me honestly. Give me the record without Odell Beckham this year. The Giants? Yeah. You're probably right. Probably 1-4, 1-5. Yeah, I think the only game they won the Ravens game. game. He won the Ravens game. He kept them in the uh, Washington game. I mean, he made play after play in the fourth quarter. And a lot of his problem in the Ravens game wasn't Josh Norman. It was Eli not throwing him the ball. And once he threw him the ball, what happened with the ball? It was moving all around the field. I mean, that's the difference. To me, that is the difference. That is such a headache for that organization. He's He's such an extraordinary talent. And what he does, the catches he makes, the, the routes he runs are so amazing. He doesn't need all the other shenanigans. Like, he, his talent should speak for itself. I almost think it's like, almost like narcissism or the ego he's got that he just has to be the center of attention at this point. I think in one way or another, yeah, I agree with you. I think he has to be negatively or positively. We all know people like that. And, you know, most of them don't make their business or their organization better. So... I will say, Tony, a lot of this stuff I'm agreeing with you on. There's not a lot I can disagree with you on, but all I'm saying is I agree with you. He's he's sort of trending in the T.O. direction where the difference, I think, is is that Odell Beckham's not getting in fistfights with his quarterback in the locker room. I do think that he's maybe 70% of T.O. right now. And I, I trust me, I'm using the term right now. Um, but, I mean, it's documented T.O. got in fights with Donovan McNabb, T.O. got in fights with coaches and players, like other, other players. I mean, he just wasn't a good teammate where there's nobody on the Giants that doesn't like Odell Beckham. They get a little annoyed with him for sure, but, like, you know, who doesn't yeah. get annoyed with another human when they're acting like a complete jerk-off? So 
As I we know right review, now, though, and, and, it's, go and it's pretty innocent again, for the most part. We may hear differently. Oh, I, yeah, I, I agree, and they can't do that again. They 1,000% cannot go 6-10. and 10. I mean, they have to make the playoffs. Jerry Reese has spent so much money on that defense uh, that it would be an absolute travesty to make the playoffs, and I think we're one and done with Ben McAdoo if that doesn't happen. Even with the Giants' track record of keeping coaches a lot longer than they probably should, I think it's one and done with McAdoo if they go 6-10 and 10 again with that defense being revamped. Janoris Jenkins is playing out of his skull. I, I haven't looked at pro football focus as yeah. great of him yet, but if he's not in the top five, I'll be dumbfounded. I've not seen that. I've watched every single Giants snap this year a couple times on some occasions because I actually record a game to go back and watch them. But Janoris Jenkins, I have yet to see him get beat. The one play it looks like he got beat on was a zone that Mike Wallace just ran past and the safety didn't cover over the top for that really long gain at the beginning of the Ravens game. But other than that, I mean, Jenkins, I've not seen him in any kind of, like, oh, running after receiver. He intercepted Aaron Rodgers twice. He's the only reason they were even remotely close in that game. Um, and he's done, he's done a good job on, on shutting down a lot of the really good receivers he's had to play. Uh, Rogers, you know, what's sad is that you mentioned Mike Wallace and I had to really think very hard about what team he was on at this point. Cause it seems like that guy is on a new Isn't team that crazy? Year. Yeah. Yeah. Green Bay, uh, Minnesota, Miami, Baltimore. I'm probably missing someone in there. No, oh, no, no. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. He was on Green Bay. He oh, was on no, Green yeah. Bay. Greg Jennings, sorry. Aaron Rodgers would kill for Mike Wallace right now, I think. Um, which yeah. actually, you know what? Let's segue into the Green Bay Packers. I have a, I heard, I shouldn't I have, I've heard a theory on Aaron Rodgers' um, decline today uh, on what his problem is. And I, I want to see if, uh, get your, uh, get your take on it. So what I heard okay. today was from uh, Kevin Clark of the ringer.com. And his theory is, that Aaron Rodgers lost about 10% of his athleticism, and since he can't really move around and improvise quite as well as he could in the last two years, or uh, that he could two years ago, that that might be contributing a little bit to him, and it's forcing him to be a pocket quarterback a little bit more, and that's not really his game. Do you think that has something to do with it? I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been in the league now 11 seasons. I think it could be viable. I mean, because now that I think about it, I haven't seen him move around a ton, and I know he had that ankle injury was it last year or the year before that really affected him? Yes, you're right. He is so he much better that, when he's he moving around yeah. in the pocket. Yeah, and he had a cat. I think he had the ankle last year and a calf the year before, something like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, that to me seems like a problem. I mean, the running game aside, which actually looked okay against the Giants, I haven't, I haven't you know, Eddie Lacy somehow was gaining weight during a professional uh, sports season, which I, I, I never understood. <laughs> uh, the only other amazing. person I've ever seen do that is, is Ray Felton. Um, yeah. man so hanging out catering. Um, yeah, big time. I love that they paid. Uh, what's his name? The the um, P90X guy, uh, Sean T, a bunch of money this summer, basically to get him in shape. And he got him in shape for training camp. That he's gaining weight. He looks slow again. I, he just looks shifty. And uh, the immortal Niall Davis is now the lead dog in Green Bay, and only has a couple days to get up to get up to speed because uh, they play tomorrow night, and he's their only healthy back right now. So I think that's not really going to bode well for Aaron Rodgers either. Although Jordy Nelson's looked good. I think he's caught a pass in every uh, game they've – uh, excuse me, caught a touchdown in every game they've played this year. Yeah, it's weird with Rodgers because we're used to him just being super accurate and throwing through these tiny windows. And he, in Dallas, in the Dallas game, I, I think he missed four or five throws where either behind the guy or too low. And really the only reason they were in that game too was Ty Montgomery just, you know, 
having his coming out party and having the game of his life. But yeah, there's some they're just not in sync at all, his receivers and Rogers and like like you said, I mean, maybe it's mobility. He just I don't know, he just seems so off, which is so strange for him. Yeah, it's it's bizarre and I, I really think that they are I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. If they do, it'll be really close, but I don't think so. I think that the uh, I think that the it wild card is probably going to come out of the. That. No, God, Minnesota is, looks like an absolute juggernaut. Um, I, I mean, they could make the wild card. They could be the second wild card team because I don't know if it's going to come out of the NFC East. Philadelphia looks like they're in uh, that that uh, you know the rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, uh, mo- momentum has sort of slowed down there. Um, now their schedule gets a little tougher. Uh, Dallas plays Minnesota, I think, in a couple weeks. That'll be a nice test for Dak. We're going to talk about him actually next. Well, no, but, I mean, they could, but I December, really but... – Oh, really? Oh, my mistake. Yeah, it's the first week so, of December in Minnesota. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Eagles. I'm thinking of Philly might play them soon then. Uh, I'll actually fact check myself here. Um, but, I mean, I, I really think the wild cards are going to come out of the uh, – the. I mean, it could be them. Um then again, I mean, maybe it comes out of the AFC South, or excuse me, NFC South, or both, excuse me, Jesus, I'm having a stroke right now. The NFC West, maybe both teams come out of there. Uh, both Lockers teams come out of there. I have no idea. I don't know what they're, I don't know what they make of the Rams. Their offense looks good. Their yeah. defense looks terrible. Their defense looks good. Their offense looks terrible. They just can't get on the it's same so hard page. To I mean, right they now. both. There's a few yeah. good teams, and then um, there's a lot of mediocrity at this point. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's kind of, uh, so I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the records now. Washington's four and two, Eagles three and two, Giants three and three, Dallas. Um, I mean, are the players where to start right now? Ugh, God, I can't even tell really. I mean, it'd be Washington, and I think it'd be Washington and Green Bay, or Washington and Philly as the two wild card teams. Um, at the playoffs, where to start right now in the NFC with now, uh, Dallas, Minnesota, Atlanta, and Seattle. After the season the East had last year, if they had three playoff teams. It would be be kind of interesting uh, with uh, the putrid uh, Washington Redskins just getting absolutely exposed in the playoffs, and Kirk Cousins is what he is. So, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. That's all I can really say, <laughs> how yep. the season sort of shakes out. And it is Philadelphia that plays Minnesota this week, so that's where my head was there. So, uh, my apologies. So, so um, it's in it's in Philly, and I would I'm really curious to see how Wentz looks in that game. Uh, and then then you got Dallas playing Philly um, the week after. Um, boy, Philly had their bye early. That sucks. Um, but yeah, anyway, had like week so, three or week uh, four, which is rough. Yeah. So to put a ball in the Packers, I I mean, do you think they're going to make the playoffs? They're definitely not winning the division unless something catastrophic happens to Minnesota for a third and or fourth time. Uh, but what do you think? Well, when it comes down to it, they still have Aaron Rodgers. And he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. So I I give him the benefit of the doubt. I think they could still make a wild card. If not, even maybe make a run back at the division. And you can never count that guy out. He, eventually, it's got to start clicking again with him. He's too good to not figure it out. And if his mobility is gone, I feel like he'll just find a way to adjust to it, you know? Right. I agree. I think so, too. I think it'll take a little bit of time. He'll reinvent his game. I think the arm is still there. It looks as strong and as quick and as accurate as, as normal. Um, and I think I, uh, I think question. he'll be fine. Did, uh, I, uh, did he sure. have Jordy for the full preseason? No. I think Jordy yeah, – I, I don't think Jordy played. 
I'm wondering maybe that's part of their timing, too, if they just need to get it back after having a year away from each other. Well, Jordy had a year off the ACL. Right. Um, yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, that could have something to do with it, but Jordy's got a touchdown in every single, uh, every single you know, game this year, or at least the first, uh, I do believe at least the first four. So I don't know. Uh, curious. Yeah. Um, but I, so, I feel like they can get it going quick. I like in two weeks, I could just see everything clicking out of nowhere. Especially like I said, that, that Ty Montgomery kid, I think had like 10 catches or 98 yards. He was a great guy out of the slot. And you could compliment that with Jordy Nelson yeah. and then mix in Ty Cobb. They could get explosive out of nowhere. Yeah. Ty Cobb, Randall Cobb. <laughs> wow. Was Sorry, yeah, wow. Sorry. I was thinking. Yeah, man. <laughs> Jesus. No, it's all right. Um, no, it's good. It's good that uh, we're not even talking baseball playoffs and their balls deep into it right now. So I think that's sort of interesting. Um, you know what's so, sad about baseball as well, ahead. how far the ratings have sunk? The uh, the Monday night game um, was uh, Arizona and the Jets, which I didn't even bother watching. It seemed like a stinker game. And it turns out the way the Jets played it was a stinker. But I think the overnight rating yeah. for that was like 6.4 or something like that. The baseball playoffs mm-hmm. for uh, Cleveland and Toronto could only get half of that mark. So you're telling me one of the That's worst sad. games of the week in the NFL still doubled <laughs> a playoff baseball game. It's it's amazing during, how far they've sunk. During, during sort of a dip in the NFL ratings right now, which is the other thing that's kind of funny, is that yeah. there's a dip in the NFL ratings and a crap game is doubling a – Major League Baseball playoff game. I think that sport is dead, man, or dying. I know it's making a ton of money still. I mean, just the, the number of games they play, I, they just have to, I guess, uh, make a ton of yeah, money. Yeah, and but, the regional contracts as well. But those regional contracts yeah, that, are going to go away in the next 10 to 20 years because everyone's cutting the cable. I think it's going to go the way of um, boxing and horse racing. It's still going to exist, but it's never going to be as big as it was in the you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I mean, if you were to tell people 70 years ago, oh, boxing and horse racing are not going to be the biggest sports in the world, you, you would be like, you are out of your gourd. If, if you would have told me even 10 years ago that soccer is going to be massive in this country, I would have I slapped you in your face. I honestly think the next – and I, I, am, I am saying this right now. I actually think the NFL is going to go through this in the next 10 to 15 years too. I think there is a little bit of validity in what Mark Cuban said a couple of years ago about the NFL uh, – you know, uh, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered type thing. I think there's a little bit to this. I think I think that the NFL is going to start seeing a dip too with all the concussion stuff. I don't think we're seeing it yet. Um, I think maybe oh, just adjusting of it with the poor quarterback play. On the lower level, you see it locally yeah, here so in the Syracuse area. You have uh, high schools that have to merge with each other just to field the football team. Cato Meridian out here yeah. in the country. You know, shout out to the the Boonies here where I live. Um, I'm pretty sure their varsity team only suits, I think, like 22 kids, which I think the bare minimum is like 19. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yep. Um, but I honestly, mark my words, I think in the next 15 to 20 years, I think the two biggest sports in this country are going to be soccer and basketball. Basketball is growing pretty rapidly, uh, soccer as yeah. well. And I, you know what, let's shoehorn the UFC into there too. Uh, I, I think, but you know, I think the UFC is a victim of right now is it's essentially a one man show. It's the Conor McGregor show. Maybe the Ronda Rousey show, if she beats Amanda Nunes, but I think the Conor McGregor show is really the reason people watch. I mean, if I, I think I, I'd be curious to see what the numbers of uh 207 are with, with Rousey and uh, Nunes as the main event. 
see if it beats uh, you know, 203 or 205. Um, or no, 202. Oh, it, 202 won't, it won't touch 205, I was going to say. But, yeah, it will be um, That card is absolutely stacked. Yeah, you and I, um, we should do a pre – ooh, since we'll be here together, if you come early enough on Saturday, maybe we'll knock out a whole hour of uh, of doing that um, here. Name the time. I'll be there. Um, we'll have your – yeah, yeah. if you come early on Saturday the 12th, man, we can probably knock out a quick uh, – we can probably knock out a quick preview podcast, 205 preview podcast. We'll do a pregame show uh, from the uh, – from the uh, BKG. I'm not going to say what that yeah. means. Um, so, anyway, let's get back on track. Tony, I have a list of teams I wanted to read you. Uh, okay. So, you let me know You let me know what you think of this list. The Jets, right. the Bears, the Rams, the Niners, the Dolphins, the Bengals, maybe the Broncos for two years. What does that list say to you? Oh, boy. Uh, youth at the quarterback Jets. position. Jets. And a lot of questions. Uh-huh. Yeah, You're on the, the right track with where I was going with Go ahead. Yeah. A lot lot just a lot of question marks, a lot of instability. I mean the Broncos have packed the lynch so if he can develop and turn into something or um you know, Tyler or uh yeah, Simeon, then they have a, they have a shot to do something. But the Jets are a dumpster fire. The Bears are a dumpster fire with a ton of cap hits. Um huh. Who are some of the others? The Jets, the Bears, the Rams, the Niners, the Dolphins, the Browns, the Broncos, and I, I put the Broncos as a as a maybe for maybe a uh, maybe a year or two. Yeah, so, well, if you take the Broncos out of that equation, I just say dumpster fire. Every one of those teams. Okay, we'll take the Broncos out of it. So that leaves us with what six teams. So if yeah. you're a 36 year old quarterback who just had your job taken from you by a fourth round rookie, which one of those teams <laughs> would you like to go to? Wow. Coming in hot, man. He set me up for that one. See, the problem is though, is with his cap number, Romo's, who you're obviously talking about, is I want to say it's like eighteen to twenty million dollars. And as far as I know, uh, football isn't like baseball, where a team can just eat a lot of that contract. Who's going to take Romo? Yeah. You know, obviously his durability is in question. That we've broken three bones in the last five regular season games he's played. Who's going to take that amount of money on for a, a you know? A, a 36-year-old question mark. And like okay, the Cowboys, so, you cut him outright and eat the money and they can sign with a team as a free okay. agent. All right, but then so, again, too, I mean, none of those teams are on the cusp. I can see the Broncos maybe trying it because of that defense and, you know, the weapons they have on offense as well. But, you know, why, if you're a rebuilding team, Romo isn't the answer for you. Um. All right. So, what we're going to do here is I'm going to do – yeah. So, all right, we'll do process of elimination, okay? The Bears. All right. The Bears already have a very expensive very expensive quarterback on their roster. And this is how we're going to come to the conclusion of where Tony Romo is going to play next year. So, we're going to play this game real quick. So, Jay Cutler, cap hit this year, $17 million. All right, they just signed him with an absurd contract last year. So, if the – oh, my God. Uh, oh, God, man, the Bears. <laughs> you know what? The Bears, uh, if they keep – they can get they can cut Jay Cutler next year and have two million dollars. Yep. His cap hit is six million or sixteen million next year, seventeen million the year after. They actually don't. Oh man, they don't have a big cap hit if they were to cut him next year. So that's kind of nice. Um, so let's keep the Bears. Let's keep the Bears open. 
All right. Well, also the Bears. I'm looking to figure out what they're doing with Alshon Jeffrey because I don't think they're going to sign him long term. He's way too expensive. And if they franchise franchise yes. tag him again, I believe he's going to cost them eighteen million dollars. Right. And they have a huge um, question mark of Kevin White, who has barely been on the field, who was supposed to be heir apparent at wide receiver, their new number one. But they're just not certain on right. that at all. Nope, not at all. So, okay, the Jets, um, they're paying Fitzpatrick $7 million this year. You know what? The Jets are the Jets are still in the running here. All right, the Rams. Oh, why did I even put the Rams on there? I forgot they have golf. Disregard the Rams. The Niners. Let's check their, let's check their cap situation here. Um, the Niners. Oh, I, yeah, um, they probably, oh man. Oh, well they can go, they're going to buy, they're probably going to, they're probably going to cut Kaepernick, honestly. His cap is, God, he's 12% of their cap. That's double the I, next person down, which is Joe Staley at eight eight point three. Kaepernick though just um, restructured his deal. And I believe he has a player option for the second year. So I don't know. Can they cut him? Um, I'm not sure. How yeah, yeah, works. yeah. I just, think, I think they did that. Yeah, yeah. I think they did that so they can cut him. So let's look at this real quick. I'm pulling up his stuff. They okay. need to cut him. Yeah, anyway. he's essentially. He's who the hell did I just click? Um, I was like, who the hell is that? We're not making any money. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're gonna cut Kaepernick. Uh, so yeah, his. What is that green? Um, all right. Uh, his his 2017 uh, salary guarantees on full on April 1st. So let's see here the restructure. All right, six two million per game active bonus to earn to Russell Wilson guaranteed. Um, so it's voided injury guarantees on future. Ba- okay, uh, yeah. So it becomes a player option based on 2016 playing time and performance. And so I don't know what that means. Like I, I know, I mean, I know what that means, but I don't know what the playing time and performance is. It doesn't look like he's going to hit that. And actually, I think if they were smart, they wouldn't allow him to hit that. And he might not. Uh, Chip Kelly, if he's going to stay there might not end up playing him. Um, you know what's funny is that I heard that um, Thad Lewis would have been the starter if he would have stayed healthy. Isn't that weird? Of all people, and, and Thad Lewis would have been the starter if he was healthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's Well, here's the thing, too. Why would to Romo want to go to San Fran? There's, he, there's no weapons out there to use. What, what good is he? Yeah. The only, the only good thing about right. Romo is if he goes to – a good to average team. Like, I think the perfect spot for him to end up, if he were to become a free agent or got cut, go to Houston. They're paying Brock Osweiler a lot of money, though. Oh, that's God, the problem. That's, right. that's such a terrible contract. Yeah, they paid him. They, they gave him four years, $72 million. 72 oh, for four God. years. 18 million a year. That's absurd. Um, they have such a good team in such a terrible division. Well, I shouldn't say, well, they have, so, a, they have a good team besides quarterback. I think that's their only missing piece. So the Jets have only have $1 million, uh, $1.2 million in cap space this year. Uh, with Darrell Revis, I still think – Darrell Revis, I still think, has a couple years left on his contract, his absurd contract. So, um, I don't know. Honestly, man, I, I really think it's the Jets next year. And um, – I think if Todd Bowles wants to keep his job, he's a first-time head head coach. He was pretty successful last year. I mean, they were they were what ten and six and didn't make the playoffs. You know, can't really ask for a better uh, you can't ask for a better turnaround than that. Going from uh, what six and ten Rex Ryan is last year, I think it's five and eleven maybe. Um, and there's a good number of one with Brandon Marshall too. And 
Decker, if you could tell. Good number one, and Eric Decker, and uh, that other dude that I can't pronounce his last name. Um, and, uh, you know, if Matt Forte has one year left in the tank, he'd be nice. I think and with that defensive line, I, I think that's a. I, I think that defense is okay. Uh, I think it'll be okay. Um, so I, I really do think that that might be his best option is the Jets. So we did all that to have, for me to ask you, is he going to be on the Cowboys next year? Is he going to play for the Cowboys this year? I think – I definitely think he's playing for the Cowboys this year, one way or another. I mean, Dak is a rookie. He's going to struggle. And the second he does, Romo is going to come out like a release pitcher out of the bullpen. I like that. That's. Uh, I actually think you're right. So, I mean, as much as people against, knock okay. Romo, when he's healthy, the guy's been phenomenal the last few years. But that's the biggest problem. It always comes down to his health if he can stay on the field. And what I love about Dak is that he, they have him signed for four years. The guy has, has maturity beyond his years for a rookie. He's already said this is Romo's team. I will take a backseat once he comes back. They even asked Dak this week, you know, what are you doing during the offseason? Or not the offseason, excuse me, during the bye week. And he has all these endorsement deals. And he's like, listen, I want to focus on the team. I want to rest up. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to go over the playbook. I'm going to go over game film, and I'm going to prepare for Philly. And he's like, maybe I'll start, maybe I won't. But either way, I'm going to prepare and be ready. Like, I love that attitude from that kid. Yeah. Um, so what they go with, they went with Romo without Romo one year last year, one and 11. Who's that one win against? Um, that's embarrassing. Uh, whoever that one team no. is. I did, God, I don't remember. It was God, freaking Brandon Whedon or who's the other backup they had? The guy from Buffalo. Kellen Moore, Matt Castle. Like, Castle, I yeah. Matt I, Castle I, I don't remember now. who the win was against. I, so. I completely blanked on last season. I wiped it from my memory. It was bad. Probably time. not a bad call. I was going to go yeah. use my yawn. Good God. So they won me back to the Carter years. Oh, they beat the Redskins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that was the week after Romo got hurt again in Carolina. Who's the quarterback for them? I, I want to uh, – let's see if we can name that crappy quarterback. Matt Castle beat the Redskins. And why Matt Castle beating the Redskins? I mean, Darren McFadden beat the Redskins. It's not even really necessary yeah. that because it was six. It was nineteen sixteen. So who the hell's your kicker? Dan, uh, no, I was like Dan Carpenter. Oh, Good luck, Dan Bailey. Bailey. Dan Bailey is four. Dan Bailey was four for four in field goals uh, that game. So yeah, yeah. Speaking so of McFadden, and your kicker, you he's healthy. Go ahead. McFadden. Oh well, there you go. Uh, he's ready to come back. I was like, yeah, that's not really. What's the Giants offer? Like a fifth round pick for him. Giants could use him. Yeah, but if you're the Cowboys, uh, you don't but, trade him in division. Oh, no, you definitely don't do that. But, you know, that's good insurance for Albert Morris. That's a great that's a great trio of running backs, by the way. McFadden, Morris, and uh, the immortal uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, remember how pissed it, how, I You know what? Hold yeah. on, Tony. Don't answer that. You know, I'm going to go ask my daughter how pissed you were about uh, you drafting Ezekiel Elliott. How do you feel now? How do I feel? How does feel she, better about it? I thought I thought you were talking to her. The kid can talk now. No. Oh, well, she can talk. No, but yeah, quick on McFadden, um, he, um, it's a four-headed monster running back for the Cowboys. They also have Lance Dunbar, the uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. Lance Dunbar is on the team. I believe so. Last time I checked, yeah. 
I haven't seen him do anything, but maybe they did cut him. I, he was there week one, I believe. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, Who cares about the, the yeah. third string running back for the Cowboys when they have Zeke anyways? Fourth string running Yeah, Zeke's a stud. So you're a fan of Zeke now? Yes. Uh, well, okay. the way they're using him, with the way that they run the ball and eat up the clock and keep their defense off the field, he fits in perfectly with that. I mean, the guy is an absolute stud. He's had four straight games of 130-plus yards, which sets the new record yeah. for rookies. First rookie to do that all time. And it's not just his running ability. I love his intelligence. Late in the game, he broke for a big run. There's maybe, you know, five or six minutes left. Cowboys up by two scores. And he slides to keep himself from going out of bounds to keep the clock running. I mean, we saw Terrence Williams yeah. phone that up, at, you know, early on in the year. How many rookies are that self-aware to be able to do that? And just and not just that, but um, nobody often talks about this. He's an amazing uh, pass blocker for, you know, That's for why he was drafted so high. Perfection. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's the biggest reason. He's not only a beast running so the ball, he can catch on the backfield, and he's great in pass protection. He's an every down back. Yeah, and that's his value. That's why he was picked fourth overall. That that right there is the exact reason. I think if he wasn't, I think he slides another 10, 15 spots. But I think that ability to pass block and catch out of the backfield in uh, a, a obviously predominantly passing league uh, is 100%, 100% his, uh, why he was picked so high. And I think why he was worth it. Um, hey, yeah. Tony, I have a quick question for you. I'm looking at stats here. Where they had a blitzing linebacker. Yeah. So I have, a, I have a quick question for you. Who's yeah. uh, Julio Jones leads the NFL in receiving yards? Who's second? Hmm. In the NFL? I'll give you a hint. Oh. Yes. He's Caucasian, uh, Marvin... and he plays tight end. Caucasian? Well, he can't He's a white. He was hurt for a while. Oh, nope. God. I was going to say Marvin Jones Jr. from Detroit because he's been having a great year. But, um... Nah, he's not Caucasian. in the top five actually now. It's, really? He's a tight end. He's Caucasian. Yes. Uh, I'm trying. Uh, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Greg Olson. Isn't that crazy? Greg Olson. Oh, wow. Second in the league in receiving yards. Six, 610, 610 uh, receiving yards. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Wow. So, yeah, I think no one's talking about that. The Panthers are struggling so bad. Right, and that's why we're talking about the Panthers now. What the hell do you think is going on with them? My, my transitions have been on point today. Even though I just ruined our flow right now, it's good gravy, Bill. Yeah. Bill says good gravy a lot, by the way. He's referring to himself in the third person for this segment because of uh, Cam Newton. So Bill's transitions have been on point, and he says good gravy a lot because I'm trying not to swear. I know, I said I'm. Bill's trying not to swear right now, and he's uh, saying good gravy instead of uh, GD or, uh, you know, MF. Bill's trying yeah. to live a clean yeah, life, and it's not really working. I think it's funny, too, because for people who know the both of us, if they had to put their money down on who would curse more on this podcast, it, everyone would be all in on me. And yet, I think you're yeah. beating me right now three to nothing. <laughs> three? Wait, wait, what did I swear? It was the third one. I said, uh, I said the F word. I called you. Did you, uh, you call me and, a part of the male anatomy twice? Oh, okay. So I said D twice. Okay, I only remember once. All right. Yeah, you know, and I, I know this because my fiance's mother listened and she actually counted out and said she enjoyed the podcast, but she could go with a lot <laughs> less cursing. Uh, that's funny. 
Yeah, Such a sweet dude. Shout out to my future mother-in-law. She's great. Yeah. Uh, shout out to her. And, um, yeah, so, uh, you know what? We should shout out. A, I wish I had a sponsor to shout out right now because that would have been another great transition, but we don't have any. So any everybody that's listening that would like to give us money for me to say or Tony to say your company's name, please do so by emailing Bill Kegel, bkegel013 at gmail.com. Again, that's bkegel013 at gmail.com. Tony, we have to work on this Amazon thing too. You ever heard about these Amazon reads where uh, basically people buy stuff, they click through your website, and then you get money on the back end for driving traffic there? We should, yeah, my, uh, we should look into that. Yeah, my uh, wrestling podcast I listen to does that, and they have quite, uh, quite a bit of success with it from what they say. Yeah. Yeah, Corolla you know does what that sponsor too. And, uh, we should you know, get is a certain, uh, certain hydration company you and I both work for. Wouldn't that be amazing? They should give us some money. They should definitely give us some money other than our paycheck. But then that's yeah, a terrible I, investment. I if you and I make enough money doing this, we will no longer be working for the hydration company. So maybe it'd be counterproductive. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we got our numbers a few weeks back, and uh, numbers were a little higher than we thought. That was, uh, that was kind of a good thing. Our numbers are, uh, you know, we're in the four digits, maybe five. That's kind of crazy to me. So, uh, anyway, if oh, anybody would that, also too, like to uh, let people know oh, how to find us on, on social media. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, we got to do that, too. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm giving people the number to call if they would like to call in. If you would like to call in, dial 760-283-0846. Again, that's 760-283-0846. So feel free to call in. If it's any of my friends, make sure you text me and let you know that you plan on doing that. That way I can uh, patch you through if I don't see it some uh, – you know, a couple of weeks ago when Dan was doing the show with me, um, which we're working on, Dan, um, but when Dan was doing the show with me, we had a guy call from uh, from New York who was a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and he wanted to talk Big Ben. That's not a transition into the Steelers, although it would have been fantastic because we still have to talk about the Panthers. But, yeah, we uh, we should work on that. So, uh, anyway, let's uh, – yeah, what were you going to say? Sorry, Tony, I cut you off. Oh, no, I was just going to say if uh, we could um, give people our Twitter handles and let them know how to find us on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Need be. I'm- I've been trying to share right. episodes uh, on the show to get more people to listen. Yeah, absolutely. So follow me on Twitter at Bill Kegel, B-I-L-L-K-E-A-G-L-E, and that's B-I-L-L, as in Bill, the normal way to spell it, K-E-A-G-L-E. That's, maybe I should say it, Bill K. Eagle. That's probably the better way to spell it, rather than trying to spell my very, very phonetic last name that no one seems to know how to spell. Um and uh, Facebook, Bill Kegel. Uh, I even though I don't get on there because it's depressing. I only get on there basically to check stuff Tony tags me. And so, uh, Tony, go ahead and give yours. Uh, mine is Utica Vendor. Utica, U-T-I-C-A, Vendor, V-E-N-D-O-R. I had to think about that for a second. I almost spelled it wrong. But I need to change what? that. Where quite, did that come from? the old one. Yeah. Uh, like you're not a Utica Vendor anymore. For you're a, um, uh, vending machine company, the Utica and vending? Um, my in, route was in out Utica? in Utica, east of Syracuse. Yeah, no one's ever been to Utica. It's actually the butthole of central New York. Fun little fact. Yeah, I've been there. Um, I know a girl from there. She's uh, she's very delight delightful. She's uh, she's a wonderful girl who just that, got engaged. Uh, that's surprising. Shout out to Brittany, who is, there's no chance in hell she's listening to this. And if she is, there's no chance in hell she's made it 41 <laughs> minutes into it. Um, what if she did? Hey, yeah. for listening. Um, but it's unlikely. 
So uh, with that being said, uh, BackSportsPage.com, that's also where you can find stuff that we're doing. Um, Tony, uh, I'm saying this on the air because I don't think the guy that runs the website, Randy, will be listening to this either. But I'm going to try to lobby for us to get uh, to a, uh, uh, a charity event to do our show from it. Um, I think Seth and Sean, uh, uh, probably a better show than ours. Uh, at least a different show than ours. They've been doing they've been doing their show for years now. They're also on the network. Seth and Sean uh, Sports uh, really give them a listen. Actually, Tony, if you have time, also listen to them. They're pretty good. They've been doing the show forever. They do it like we do it, but it doesn't. It sounds like that they're in the same room, but they're actually not most of the time. So I think that's interesting that they uh, somehow have figured it out, but somehow you and I can't. Um, but actually, oh, we will. We'll, we'll find some new ways. We will. We're getting there. We're getting there, Tony. We're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're running around. We're looking at stuff. We're doing things. So that's good. Yeah. Anyway, actually, while we're the talking Carolina about Panthers, it now, I was going to, before okay. I forget, we're never gonna I was going to throw Panthers. this out yeah, to you. Go ahead. Um, I told you about how we try that Skype thing to, so we can actually see each other and, you know, we'll, we'll know when to break in better with conversations. Uh, we should maybe try that, if you'd like, on Sunday morning, perhaps the second half of a certain game in London. Can't make any promises. That's all I can really say. Cannot make any promises on that, but I just want to hear your reaction to your team in real time and just, you know, go through the whole. I want to see the thought process of of Bill Kegel as he watches his G-Men. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you want to do that. Um, But anyway, so. All right. We'll talk about that. Not so super, Cam. Yeah. Well, what do you think of him celebrating a little premature? Uh, we've all been there as men, um, but what do you think about Cam doing it? Oh, you mean the the game a few weeks ago where he got knocked out by coming up short in the end zone? No, 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 no. I mean, this past week when uh, they ended up losing the game, and uh, but he was celebrating taking his thing off. It looked like, you know, where they were supposed to go for two, and he um, – sort of ran in the tunnel and then sort of realized what he was doing. He was trying to show off, and then he came back out real quick because he was like, oh, crap, we have to go for two type thing. You remember that? Oh, God, no, I didn't even see that. It, I missed some things when watching Red Zone because of how they jump around, but that's they yeah, jump around that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, more Cam being Cam, man, and just being short-tempered with the press conferences. It's just he doesn't seem like quite the leader when he does stuff like that. Like, you know, Everything's awesome when your team is winning and things are going great, but you also need to be there when they're not going as well. You need to stand up and take ownership for it. And he just doesn't strike right. me as a guy that's able to do that. Nope, I uh, agree. But he he's – yeah, see, and this is this goes back to the thing last year with him being a leader or not after the Super Bowl, him sort of, uh, you know, not being – not showing as much class as Russell Wilson. I think it's a little ridiculous to compare people even in these cases. I mean, yeah. you can compare skill sets, but comparing people, Russell Wilson's a different guy than Cam. Cam's a lot more boisterous than, than Russell Wilson. So I think that's a little silly, but Cam does in, in everyone, and in, in the media's defense and everyone else's defense that criticizes him, Cam should really try to be a little bit more, um, I don't know if class is the right word, but we'll say presidential. Uh, maybe not this president. Uh, presidential race, but just presidential in general. Just just be a little more upstanding, you know. Have a little bit more respect for the game, a little bit more respect for your teammates, for your organization, and stuff like that. Don't necessarily pout. You don't have to be Russell Wilson, but just button it up a little bit. Don't pout. Don't be uh, you know my life. Blah, blah. 
I mean, there's a lot of things. I, I don't fault him for not falling on that fumble. I, I don't know. It's so it's sort of hard to sort of, you know, judge somebody based on that because you weren't in that situation necessarily. Somebody might have already been going for the ball when he turned and looked at it, when his eyes got down to it. It's really hard to know. So I don't really necessarily blame him for that, but I do blame him for the uh, the, the sort of lack of passion at the, uh, at the end of the Super Bowl, um, although he did just lose, but lose like a professional, not like, you know, yeah. like you're, you know, well, six and you, uh, you lost your first game they've ever kept scoring, you know? that when they're winning and they're on a roll, you know, he's at the press conference, he's wearing his flashy, goofy little outfit, and he, he's Mr. Personality, he's all about it, he's cracking jokes and having a great time, but then when they're losing, you know, the first thing he wants to do is get out of there. It's like you can't have it both ways, man. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of times. I, I, the media takes a lot of crap from a lot of people, but I think a, a lot of times the athletes sort of put themselves – they do that to themselves a lot of the time because I think Cam, he can't be – he can't be one guy. He can't be one guy. He can have different emotions, but he can't. He can't be a different guy. Russell Wilson isn't yeah. that far off from you know winning Russell Wilson and losing Russell Wilson. Andrew Luck's the same way. Any of these quarterbacks that are quote unquote the great ones, I, I think that I think that you have to be a little bit more diplomatic when you're given your when you're given your sort of explanation on what happened, no matter the outcome. Um, so. That being said, I get it. Cam's a different kind of guy, but at the same time, you know, where his leadership—he has to expect his leadership to get questioned when he's doing the Superman thing um, and trying to celebrate when the game is not all in the bag. You know, similar to Odell Beckham, but I think quarterbacks should be held to a higher standard because they're the face of the franchise. Odell Beckham, for as great as he is, he's significantly more replaceable than even a Blake Bortles or a, or a you know um, Ryan Tannehill. Even he's just not as important to the game as, as a quarterback, you know, you take Odell Beckham off the giants. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. The one and five. Okay. But do you take, you know, you take, I don't know. You take Matt Ryan off the Falcons. You think they're, you think they win a game? No. Quarterbacks are so much, so much more important. And I think, and with the fact that they're so hard to find, I, I think for that fact alone, I think you need your quarterback to be way more buttoned up than Cam is. Um, but a little bit even more to his credit, I think in years past when he was losing like this, this team was losing like this, he was definitely a lot more immature. So I do think that there's some semblance of maturity because he's not being quite the D-bag he's usually been uh, when his team loses. So, you know, we're not going to sit here and bash him, but I do think a lot of their problems. Do you think they should fire Ron Rivera? I heard that today, by the way, before I forget. I think people are often too quick to fire coaches. I don't like the idea of bringing in a new coach, changing the scheme. I, I, I'm a big fan of consistency. Like, I think teams can have down years and you can bounce back. You just have to give the coach the opportunity. I think more of the problem right now is their defense. Their secondary is getting torched. And, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they miss Josh Norman. I think he's the whole you know, part of the problem of it. But, I mean, they're they're just – they may be ranking in the very bottom of the league, their secondary, as far as pass yards given up. I mean, Drew Brees, I think, threw for like 450 on the, on them in that game, which is crazy when you think about it, too, because Drew Brees just makes a habit of it, and no one ever talks about it. Like, you would think that would be one of the leading stories, like, oh, he chucked it 450 yards, but it's just another whole-hum game from Brees. Yeah, uh, they, they cut um... – 
I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy his name, Benaway Bowickney or whatever the hell, the cornerback that Julio Jones uh you know, put up 250 yards on by himself. I mean, he had 300 yards in that game, but I think he was covering him for 250 yards of that. And Matt Ryan dropping 500 yards on your defense, that is a problem. <laughs> uh, you know, as good as Luke Keekley is, he can't do everything. He needs help. Uh, Thomas Davis getting old. Uh, you know, Charles Johnson getting a little older. Um, you know, he's been sort of banged up the last handful of years. Kawan Short looked like he was in for a big payday. Coney Ealy was the uh, the only good player on the on the Panther Super Bowl team, and none of them are really playing up to uh, expectation coming off of last season. And I think that's a huge, huge part of it. I think getting the offense, I think the offense, you know, getting uh, Devin Funches coming along a little bit. The running game has been putrid. Jonathan Stewart literally is built out of paper mache. I can't believe that guy's lasted eight years in the NFL for as much as he's been injured. He's I feel like since '09, that guy's just been injured every year. It's 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 becoming almost embarrassing. The guy is. Uh, I would love to see how many games he's played compared to how many games he could have played. Um, and uh, you know, getting Kelvin yeah. Benjamin back, you think will be a boost to the offense, but it's really just been a detriment. I don't know why. I really think it's the. I think it's the inability to run the ball, which is bread and butter of their offense, and their defense just, you know, for whatever reason, losing. I don't know if it's a coincidence or Josh Norman was really that important to the team, but, you know, it's kind of crazy. It's just kind of crazy. Here's a fun stat for you. The the Panthers ranked 22nd in uh, defensive yards per game, given up at 371, and they've given up 29.3 points per game. I don't know any team that can have a winning record when you're giving up almost 30 points per game, and that's, uh, that's the fourth worst in the National Football League. The only only few That's that are worse are San Fran, uh, and oh New Orleans gives up thirty three. Dear God, but yeah, that's that's terrible. You cannot win games giving up almost thirty points per game. No, but that's uh, you know New Orleans' defense has been pretty bad for a long time. Um, yeah, you know they paid a lot of money for a lot of players. Um, you know uh, they have one they have one real elite talent, and uh, he can't do everything. And Cameron Jordan. Um, but, uh, but that's really it. I mean, they have nobody. They paid Jairus Bird a lot of money. Um, they really thought Kenny Vaccaro was going to be something special after his rookie year, but he's been meh at best. Um, and there's just, there's just not a lot there outside of that. Uh, you know, David Hawthorne was there forever before the Bills picked him up. I don't even know if the Bills are using him, but I mean, he's just sort of an, you know, uh, you know, he, he was an uh, throwaway player. Uh, he, they just, they spend way too much money for them to be that bad. And yeah. granted, Drew Brees is a huge part of their cap, but you know, at the same time, um, I mean, they just—I don't know—they just don't do a good job building defense, and they really should focus on it. And they have a pretty good defensive coach as their defensive coordinator in Dennis Allen. So I, I don't get it. Um, it's very bizarre to me. But yeah, anyway, makes sense. Let's uh, all right. Let's transition into the Steelers. Big Ben, you know. This is good news for Bills fans because I think I think if Big Ben misses, uh, you know, I've heard I've heard various reports. I've heard two to three weeks. I've heard six to eight. I've heard he could play uh, the week after next. So it's hard to know. I but, heard uh, earlier today it's three to six. They went in for surgery on his knee, and they found out that it was much worse than they originally thought. 
So I, I mm-hmm. and you know Ben is being optimistic. He said like you know I'm gonna try to get back in two weeks if I can, but I just I don't see it happening with something like that. No, I don't think so either. Especially on a uh, a knee for a guy that's been banged up quite a bit. That is uh, that's you know. But good news for the Bills. That's really really good news for the Bills that he's hurt. I think they're gonna get creative with Le'Veon Bell, but I, I don't think it's gonna translate to wins. I mean the line went from. I think the Patriot are the uh, Steelers and the Patriots game this week being favored by two and a half to the Patriots being favored by seven and a half. That's a oh, God. ten Woo-hoo. point swing. That's insane. That is an insane swing. So yeah, quarterback means so um, much in this league, though. Especially elite ones like Roethlisberger. That's that's massive. So, uh. So, I brought up the Bills. That was it for the Steelers. I mean, there's really not a whole lot to talk about, but it's definitely worth noting. So, I brought up the Steelers. You know who's the big the winner? Sorry. Is, uh, big Ben going down is the Patriots. They play him in two weeks. Yeah. Or it might be three weeks. I don't know. Or no, no, no. No, they play him this right? week. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong schedule. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, the Patriots already game up on every other team in the AFC, and Pittsburgh was their biggest challenge. And now, with Roethlisberger out, I mean – I can't see any way the Patriots don't win that game. They get the tiebreaker with Pittsburgh, and then, you know, most likely they'll be two games up on every other team in the AFC. Like, who is really a threat to the Patriots at this point? Especially the way, you know, Super Brady has come back and just destroyed the last two teams he's played. Well, I have a couple teams, um, uh, one of which, you know, we're not going to say, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of myself with thinking that they're going to knock the Patriots off, but I would love oh, to I can't know. Wait to hear this. No, no, no. Uh, I think the Chiefs are interesting. Uh, I still yeah. think that. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think the Raiders. My problem are, with the Chiefs, you know, they don't have I think, but the way Brady's playing this year. If you're yeah, but Justin Patriots, Houston's coming got back score at least thirty. See, that's see, I, that, I think you're wrong there. I, I they lack serious, serious uh, pass passing, pass catching running back uh, ability right now. With uh, Deion Lewis still being out, who knows when he's coming back? He didn't practice this week. Um, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously they've been winning, you know, just fine without without Deion Lewis, but. I think Diaz and Lewis is a massive difference maker. I think his presence and him playing like he did before he got hurt, I think only makes the Patriots even more dangerous. The Raiders, I think they're a little bit of fool's gold to use your term. Uh, the Broncos, they just don't have the quarterback. Um, I mean, I will say if Buffalo gets them again in two weeks, that, for one, is going to be weird. Two, I don't think it's going to happen. Three would be the most fun story of the Buffalo Bills in my lifetime uh, of being in, you know, being a, something that resembles an adult lifetime anyway. Uh, if the Buffalo Bills do get the Patriots in two weeks. Off, Orchard Park will burn to the ground. It will be madness. And I, I'll, I'm pulling for Buffalo. I'd love to see them do it for such a beleaguered fan base. I mean, I, I yeah. always hope they can pull it out. They're the Chicago Cubs of the National Football League. I would love to see it. I'm not going to put money on it. But, yeah, if they sweep the Patriots, I mean, they're the favorites to win that division all of a sudden. Yeah, so let's go through the schedule here for the Bills. They're 4-2, and two, okay? 
four and two. Um, so let's say, okay, they play Miami this weekend. What do you think, win or loss? Uh, I mean, on paper, it's in I Miami, say but I don't should... think that makes a difference. No, not at all. I mean, just, on paper, just what, it should be a victory. Just what it should be. But I, it could yeah. be a trap game. They can look ahead to New England. I could agree with you. All right, New England at Buffalo. Oh, we're actually picking that game now. Yep, we're we're going through the schedule. We're gonna pick. Oh, man, uh, you know what? I, I the Patriots are winning that game. I think Brady is gonna torch them, especially considering that how the Bills embarrassed them at their place with him, you know, serving that suspension. I, I would love yep. to have to eat my words. And I challenge any Buffalo fan, you know, if I end up being wrong, you can call me out. You can rip me to shreds. I'll deserve it. I, I'll man up and I will eat my words. But I see the Patriots by at least two touchdowns in that game. I feel Super Brady is going to come out on fire. The guy, two games okay. back, he's thrown for almost 800 yards and six touchdowns and no picks. The guy. All right, we are not. Let's talk about motivation. Yeah, yeah. Brady, he comes in motivated every season, and now he's got the the deflategate suspension underneath him. I'll relate it to a real life situation for me. I had this girlfriend in my early twenties, and she ended up cheating on me, and she dumped me. Her reasoning was that I wasn't muscular enough for her taste. You know the fire that that lit underneath me? I might have stayed in a, in a gym for two years straight and gained 30, 30 to 40 pounds of muscle and just went nuts. That drove me, like, beyond belief. And the same thing with Brady. I mean, the guy is hes primed and he's ready to go. He's in the Brady Redemption Tour. The guy is uber pissed off and ready to play. So we're not going to break down every single uh, Bills, you know, game. I just want to know when or loss, but that was uh, – I forgot you wanted to tell that story. I never heard that story. That's a very sad story. But, you know, everybody listening, Tony does live in the gym. You know, he was, you can't tell by looking at him, but he definitely lives in the gym. Um, I'm just, oh, thanks, bud. All right, so Buffalo at Seattle on Monday night after the Patriots game. Got to go Seattle. I, I agree. Who lost the row on that one? I mean, it's – it's very rare for a team to go into Seattle, especially for Buffalo. That's such a long trip for them on a Monday night. Yep. All right, and then they have a bye at Cincinnati after the bye. Uh, unless Cincinnati cleans themselves up, i got to pick the Bills in that one. The Bengals will look terrible. Me too. Yep, I agree. So, all right, next one, uh, Jacksonville-Buffalo. That's a win. Jacksonville's a dumpster fire. Yeah, they can't stand Jacksonville. I, I want to love Jacksonville so bad because I had them as a dark horse early on in the year, but they just keep proving me wrong, so i got to pick Buffalo. Well, yeah, you can thank us, Bradley, So uh, for that. All right, what do we have Buffalo and Oakland. And four? Seven and four. So, Buffalo and Oakland. Oakland. Uh, early in the year, I would have picked Oakland, but hey, it's a – if the Buffalo offense can continue the way it does, and that Oakland defense, which considering the you know the playmakers they have at Khalil Mack, they're one of the worst defenses in the league. I pulling that one out. I mean, it'll be tough though with a West Coast trip. And actually, now I think about yep, it, I agree, West, Coast, but... uh, West Coast trips for the Bills this year. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, all right, um, Pittsburgh at Buffalo, and let's assume Pittsburgh has Roethlisberger back by then, which they should. I think that's a loss. Uh, at that point, I got to take Pittsburgh because you got to figure 
you know, Pittsburgh might be a couple games back considering how their division goes, you know, how the rest of the league goes, and Roethlisberger is right. going to motivated, and they're going to need that win. They'll probably need that win maybe more than the Bills will. Yeah. So Cleveland and Buffalo will just team. say I – mean, Antonio Brown and, and Roethlisberger together, that's one of the most dangerous one-two punches in the league. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Cleveland and Buffalo will say a win for Buffalo. Oh God! You know this what? Is though? That, that's the game. That's the game at the end of the year. The Bills need to win that game. It's a must-win, or it's a, they should win, and they'll lose it. it that's that's one of those well, weird games. They have they they finished the year with three of those. So that's Cleveland. I'm. I mean, these are games that they should win. So that's yeah. that's Cleveland at Buffalo, yep. Miami at Buffalo. That mind you, Buffalo plays. Uh, after the Oakland game, they play one, two, three. They play four home games in a row. They play – they so they have – after the Cincinnati, they have four of their last six games at home in December. Plus, they're running forget, too, they get they're a, They get Miami and Buffalo in December. On Christmas Eve. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, so we'll say they win Cleveland, they win Miami, and they finish the season at the Jets. For all intents and purposes, we can say they even they lose one of those last three. They finished the year ten and six. Worst case scenario looks like maybe eleven and five. Uh, out of the games that they should win, are the teams that they're better than as of right now, <laughs> dude. Honestly, they should have won the Baltimore game. There was that big Mike Wallace throw away from. They should have won the Baltimore yeah. game. They, I mean, they really should be looking at five and one right now. Um, but they're yeah, they're uh, you know the four and two right now. Too. That Baltimore game could be the one that comes back to haunt them if Baltimore is in the run yeah. for a wild card. And if they that blow one of these Miami Jackson, yeah, they blow one of these Miami Jacksonville Cleveland Jet games. I mean that that sucks. But that this team yeah. should finish the season ten and six. They should be in the running for that second wild card spot because who else in the AFC? So we'll rule out the Dolphins. We'll rule out the Jets. They, Baltimore has the tiebreaker over them. They play Cincy. They play Cincy. Cincy, maybe they turn it around. Doubtful. Um, I mean, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indy. Uh, you Only know, one's probably going to win the AFC South. South. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, I think, I think really, I the think West. their biggest obstacle is going to be Denver, Oakland, or the Chiefs. And that Oakland game could be huge. That could be massive. Um, similarly, yeah. how that Baltimore game is. So that'd be really interesting to see what the see what the uh, what the Bills do. John Murphy did not seem that upset about being on our show a couple weeks ago. Um, um, by that upset, I mean he wasn't. He was really cool in an email about about the show, you know, because we had a little bit of technical difficulties or whatever. Um, we both learned a valuable lesson in that. And uh, you know, I do want to have him on in a couple weeks again, and uh, really just to get his take on the Bills' rest of the season and if they're as successful as you and I think they're going to be. I mean, I think that going into that last three game stretch, I think they're going to be um, eight and five through thirteen games. And I mean, really, if they can finish, they can finish these last, excuse me, last four games, eight and four, they can finish these last four games, you know, three and one or even two and two, you know, looks good. It really looks good for them. Yeah. They I mean, they have a those very, very handy road. Yeah. Like, I if really they lose to Seattle, the no big deal. NFC team. They have to win those AFC games. They have to be Jacksonville. They have to be Cleveland. Most likely they have yeah. to be Oakland. 
either Oakland or Denver yeah, I would say, division, and I would the say other team is a wild if, card. I was going to say, if they're going to lose any – I mean, really, the Bills are in great shape. If they win one of these four games, I think they're in great shape. If they win the New England game, the Seattle game, the Oakland game, and the Pittsburgh game, I think if they win any of those four games, I think they're in fantastic shape. They're a better team than Cincinnati. They're a better team than Jacksonville. They're a better team than Cleveland. They're a better team than Miami. They're a better team than the Jets. I really, really think they cannot F up one of these winnable games. The, these, the Cincy, the, Jet, the Jacksonville, Cleveland, Miami Jets, yeah. they cannot F those games up. They have to close those games out. And I think they did a really good job. I mean <laughs> – None of their none of their wins have been that close. Uh, you know they beat they beat Arizona by 15, the Patriots by 16, the Rams by 11, and the Niners by 29. Like, good God, they are just bitch slapping these teams, and that's good. Their point differential is really impressive. I, yeah, they're, I they're just blowing teams out. Looking at that earlier, they're winning the winnable they, games. Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm saying. They're winning winnable games. I mean, say what you want about the Patriots having Jacoby Brissett, but this is the same Patriots. You know, they had, they had a relatively healthy Gronk, and they still have their defense, and that's that's a team that went into Houston. And uh, that game was in that game that game was in Houston, right? Let me look. Hold on, sorry. Uh, no, that game was in now. New England. You're right. That game was in New England. So whatever they went, they they played. Yeah, you're right because they were wearing those weird blue jerseys. You're right for the color rush game. So whatever they beat them twenty eight nothing. I mean, that's Houston, that's the leader of the AFC South that's got a really good defense. You know, Bills went in there and they shut them out. Um, the, Bill, the the Patriots defense played really well. He held them to 16 points, you know, for a team that's scoring, you know, 33-30, But, man, I, I am very, very curious. I thought I was going to try to go to the New England game and uh, in Buffalo, and I looked at the tickets, and uh, I'm going to yeah, go ahead no and say F that now. No chance. Yeah. But, I mean, look at these last three games that they played. The Patriots have beat them by eight and seven. You know, the Patriots don't go into Buffalo and blow Buffalo out like uh, like people would think. I, I remember this game from a year ago. Remember that was the game they were going to break the sound record? They For one, they didn't do that. Two, uh, they, it was the loudest game that most people can remember in Buffalo. And um, Tom Brady went in here and just, just you know, listen to t- – <laughs> Look at Tom Brady's stats from um, from that game in Buffalo at the beginning of last year, where Buffalo went in just beyond cocky. Brady went; he threw fifty nine passes, completed thirty eight of them, four hundred and sixty six yards, and three touchdowns. Yep, <laughs> dude. <laughs> and he's he's pretty close so, to averaging those numbers right now after coming back oh from the suspension. Chandler Jones I mean, had three sacks. Jamie Collins had two and a half sacks. Dante Hightower had a half sack and twelve tackles. Uh, Tyrod threw see, I was, a very I was uncharacteristic. You for a little bit three because I felt like you were just you've been spending too much time in Buffalo and the fumes are getting to you. Like I've moved away from I'm there here just now. You, you were getting very high on the Bills, very optimistic there. You got to realize their history is against them. They are the Buffalo Bills. When things look great. They rip their fans' hearts out of their chest, and they eat it in front of them. It's going to happen again. I hate that it does. Like I said, I want to see the Bills win, but I'm not going to bet against history. It happens every single year to this team. Hopes get up. Everyone gets excited. They think they see the silver lining in the clouds, and then a hurricane hits them. I think that's 
the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. Not because you, I you, think you're wrong be about your pick. I just, I just sorry, hate, I just I hate that. Oh yeah, good point. Um, but no, I, I, I don't disagree with your uh, results. I just hate that. You know, history says, well, you know what? History also, uh, you know, I mean, you know what? Terrible example is about to use, but it's, it's silly because history literally means nothing for today when it comes to a game of a game of skill like this. Like it's, I, you know, I, it doesn't I mean anything. I agree build. with that, except when it's franchises, much like Buffalo or the Chicago Cubs or the Cleveland Indians, teams that are just, for whatever reason, beyond cursed. Buffalo hasn't swept New England in the regular season since 1999. Their last season they were in the playoffs. And they haven't done it since uh, the Patriots have had Tom Brady. What's to say it's going to be any different? And Tom Brady is on his revenge tour. He's out for blood. And Buffalo is number one on his list at this point. Now that Roethlisberger is out for Pittsburgh, he's coming for blood. Do you? So what? What? Where would you put the Bills in the AFC rankings? What? What? Without Roethlisberger, what would? Where are the Bills to you in the AFC? Here, I'd probably put them fourth at this point. I think I'm going to put behind who? Behind Denver. That defense, I think they're they're going to get their quarterback play under control again. And that defense is just phenomenal. Okay. So I got New England, Denver. Uh, oh, you said Pittsburgh without Roethlisberger. Um, yeah, right now. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I don't trust Houston because I don't trust. I don't trust Osweiler. So, all right, maybe I put the Bills third then at this point. Right, they are on a roll. I give them credit, and they are blowing these teams out. They do lead the league in point differential. I think they're the third or fourth highest scoring team in the league. But I, I'm gonna, I'm not fully sold on them yet. Do it against, do it against a quality opponent. That's very don't fair. Don't give me, don't give me at New England when they had their third string quarterback. I don't want to hear that at this point. Yes, it was impressive, but still, do it against Brady. You do it against Brady, then I'm 100% on the Bills bandwagon. I'm circling the wagons if you want. All right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, so hold on a second. Let me see something here. I'm seeing. I'm seeing something real quick. All right. Because um, you said do it against somebody. Okay. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to go through here. Um, just give me a second, Tony. Uh, I just got to crunch some numbers. Okay. Oh boy. Here we go. We're crunching numbers. We're crunching numbers right now. I'm talking like Bill Belichick. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had it with Not a quality team. Is, 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 Especially starting Kaepernick. No, no, no. San Fran, San Fran, there. Uh, Are you just going to mumble into the microphone, or should I just you I'm know, not filibuster for you? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I can fill I'm, it for you. Just hit the mute button while you try to, you know, work your thought process out. I'm not working my thought process. My thought process is completely worked out. All I'm saying is that, uh, you know, the Bills have they they played some opponents. And uh, you know, you know I'm your, just your gathering, thought process sounds a lot like Bill Belichick in his post-game interviews, just a whole lot of mumbling and incoherency. You must not have heard what I said originally. I said I was talking like Belichick on purpose when I started this. Oh, that, so, that, that the Bills in here, but you, you did a good impression then, if that's the case. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I had it with these Microsoft tablets. So you know what? I'm giving you I'm giving you some credit here, Tony. This is uh, you, you don't make out. enough money where we work. Just go smashing around your Eight, nine. Sure don't. Um, so the Bills' opponents are 13 and 17. Okay, 
Yeah. Uh, I would say they're definitely – okay, so their quality opponent that they beat is Arizona, right? Arizona before this game was actually slumping, and I think the Bills uh, B-slapping them all over uh, the Ralph uh, helped a lot. Um, yeah, I think it woke them up a little. I think that, that – uh, yeah, I think they poked the beast. But, uh, you know, maybe the Carson Palmer went to throw to one of his receivers and missed him and hit a beast, and maybe that's what woke the beast up. I have no idea. Because Carson Palmer uh, – hold on, Tony. Yeah. I just had an epiphany, and I'm making the prediction tonight at 9.16. You know what? Hold on. Let's write this down. 9.16 p.m. It's your grade up prediction. Uh, let's say October 9th, 19th. Bill Kegel predicts that Tony Romo will be an Arizona Cardinal next season. Woo! And that is how we end the show. Tony. And everybody, thank you for listening to Under the Hoodies with Tony DiNicola and Bill Kegel. Oh, oh that's This it. has been that's a that's riveting all? conversation. That's this all we got. Where I'm no, calling we're not it. ending on that. I'm ending it. You're not. Oh, no, what no, do you mean? No, no. You ruined it. This was perfect. No. This was perfect. No, I no, really no, have to no, go to the bathroom. Terrible. I was ending on the prediction of the year right here. Tony Romo, 9.16 p.m. What do you mean? No, I'm going to mute button. I'm going to bed soon. What do you mean? This is, this is only supposed to be an hour program. So, anyway, what yeah, do you want to say before so I uh, let you go? Well, I you cut my really hand like a half hour ago. My hand is literally covered in blood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Tony. My bad. I stepped in your segment here. This is a high-quality show. Yes. Oh, you you want to see uh, bloody? Did you see the Cleveland Indians pitcher with his bloody finger? Go Google no. that. Oh my God, that was awful. Oh, I just did that similarly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All but, right. Uh, we got to um, be Tony's tube. Something to watch for. Hey, hold on. I want to try something really real quick. Out. Yep. Um. Okay. Hold on a second. Okay. Yeah, All we're right. gonna do Tony's tube, but real quick. Uh. I have a I have a quick uh, I have a quick little sidebar that I thought was absolutely ridiculous, but but hold on, we're we have an intro we have intro music for this. You ready? Yeah. All right, and then uh, I'm gonna talk over this. Does this sound bad? We'll we'll hear it tomorrow. Oh, can you hear the terrible. Can you hear the intro it keeps music? Cutting in and out, but it's the NBA and NBC theme song. Okay. The reason I'm bringing the NBA up right now is because the uh, the um, NBA GM poll came out, right? Yeah. And uh, they pulled GMs. Um, and, uh, you know, if they're starting a franchise, uh, 2016, sorry, I'm pulling this up here. So if they're starting a franchise, all right, if you're an NBA GM, what player do you start your NBA franchise with? I'm starting my team now. Yes. I am so not in NBA mode by any means, but uh, <laughs> off the top of my head, I'll just – I'm not. I'm, I'm just getting into hockey right now. I'm actually watching the Rangers game, but uh, uh, I'll just shoot out Steph Curry. No, he did make the top three. So, uh, he received some votes, oh. though. So, if you were starting oh, to what about, today, um, you could sign uh, the unibrow, uh, Anthony Davis. He was last year, 86.2%. So, he is not even on the list. Oh, he is. Sorry, he also received votes, but they don't say what percentage. percent of NBA general managers said if they were going to start a franchise, they would take Carl Anthony Towns to start that franchise. Are you high? 
Are you high? Are you high? Why would you do? Why? He's talented, why? but I'm not taking him first. Hell no. You know why I'm not taking him first? Because he's not LeBron James. They're out of their gourd. Guess who's second, Tony? Guess who's second? Uh, Carmelo Anthony. No, I know that's not right. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> They're on the list. I'd have, I'd have punted my phone by now. Um, number two is Kevin Durant. Golden State's own. The longtime Golden State Warrior, Kevin Durant, is second with 20.7%. LeBron is third with 17.2%. So all that tells me is yeah, that LeBron is 17%. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm sure. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's older. He's older. Also, you know, uh, but you put LeBron James in your team, you go to the finals. But you know, we only play to acquire talent to maybe get to the finals later. Not play to you know get to yeah, the finals what, every it's... effing year since 2010. Yeah, this, this is what stupid. it's. Does it matter? Who does he well, get no, to? I'm just, uh... What other player yeah, gets to the finals as many times as him? Bill Russell's thinking long term. You don't. Oh my god, that's a, that's the dumbest thing ever. So you're going to take a chance on long term rather than immediate success. Well, you're taking a chance well, on long term rather than immediate success. So you're almost guaranteeing yourself with LeBron James to get to the finals for a player that might get to the finals sometime down the road. I think that's absolutely absurd. That's All right, you're, you're, uh, that's crazy. I love how you sprung this topic on me when I've done zero research in the NBA at this point. That's like me and then I'm hammering you right for it. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's see how I'm well with hockey right now, tough guy. Let's talk some hockey. I don't watch that. hockey. Exactly. Exactly. You know how many NBA games I, don't watch I watched last year? Three. I watched three. I went to more oh, NHL games NBA than I saw more. NBA games. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I can't watch regular season basketball. Okay. Garbage to me. I'd rather watch college. Oh, oh my! You are out of your goddamn mind. That's so stupid. Watch I'm college. sorry. College. What's boring as shit? Sorry. Damn it! I swore again. How damn it? Dare you, sir? Oh, you cursed again. So look at that. I know. I said Rem- it. I said I. Remind the listeners again Don't. what city I live in. What city do I live in? Cato. Cato, New York. Well, it's part of what greater not a city. city. I, I'm pretty sure your wife's last name may be Cato, because you guys are the only people living in Cato. What is Syracuse, Tony? New York. Yeah, and and what is Syracuse yeah. again? What sport is Syracuse high on? Basketball. What, what are we again? We're a college basketball town. That's right, buddy. Yes. Okay. Yes, you're not a college hockey town. So yes, quiz me on some hockey and your crappy Rangers. No. I can do that, dude. No, the listeners, nobody wants to hear about hockey. People in Buffalo do. All right, anyway. Yeah, they're just uh, probably talking about their Sabres and their endless potential, which probably won't pan out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And we should have a we should have a trolling Buffalo segment. And we'll play I'm like a sure that's all I do song every week is under troll it. Buffalo. I even do it at work now. Yeah, I think I might. Just, I just despise <laughs> Buffalo. I might do that actually. I might uh, I might start doing that. Uh, uh, we <laughs> it might be a segment. We'll, a segment. We'll play we'll play Goo Goo Dolls and uh, we'll just show Buffalo for like twenty minutes. Um, you should probably have quit. I'm, that I'm playing all this copyright music. I know we probably only have a couple dozen people listening, but with our luck, it'll get back to NBC or one of these other places, and we'll get sued. So they'll shut us down. 
<laughs> I'll never make it. We'll never make another nickel podcasting again, Tony. Yeah, that'd be my luck. No. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, do your uh, do your uh, Tony's tube. Tony's tube. All right, baby. Uh, so as I told you last week, I went to the Syracuse football game in the dome against Virginia Tech. Syracuse had a huge upset over against number seventeen. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, their head coach first year, who I love, Dino Babers, uh, is really trying to rejuvenate the program. And I don't know if you happen to see his post game speech in the locker room, but it was one Pretty of those just stuff. all time. All-time classic, like, you know, like the Ruby speech. Just this, and there's something about this guy. His personality, his enthusiasm, like you just you want to play for this guy. You want to run through a wall for him. So if people haven't seen that, go on YouTube and just search out uh, Syracuse post-game speech or Syracuse head coach Dino Babers. He was also on SportsCenter today. And I just love what the guy's doing. He's getting us some notoriety. That win was beyond huge for a program that's, you know, trying to rise from the ashes. There were a ton of recruits at that game. You know, it was on ESPNU. It made a bunch of headway on SportsCenter with a postgame speech. Just, I have nothing but good things to say about this guy. I feel like SU football is finally on the upswing after just a decade of beyond mediocrity. That's awesome, man. Um, I lo- I, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for uh, big things out of Syracuse football. It'll give me an excuse to actually go watch them. Um, which I've been to a couple Syracuse games in the Dome. Uh, it's a cool place to watch football. It's uh, it's small and cozy in there, and uh, you know what? It's it's a great it's a great dome. I argued a few years ago when the Bills had this November thing and they played uh, they played that ridiculous game in New York City. I, I bitched and moaned that they should have played it in uh, Syracuse. I thought that would have been cool. That's a dome. It's a cool city. I, I do I, I troll you on Syracuse, but I like that I like that town a lot. It's got a uh, for one one of the better malls I've ever been to. An old Bill's well traveled around yeah. these uh, around at least this side of the country. And I will tell you that the Destiny USA, which I, I still want to call the Carousel Mall, where I saw Key Moore texting on a flip phone in 2004. That is a great mall. It is a impressive mall. They've done a lot of work there. It is uh, like I said, the best mall I've ever been to. Um, and uh, you need to be yeah, careful when you go there. there There's some good stuff there. You, you cannot use dicey the C word. Area. That's very dicey. Do not, yeah, do not. Well, not even that. Don't use the C word at Destiny. The, the Destiny police are like the men in black. You'll just disappear if you use the C word. <laughs> they'll take me in the back room like a casino, and they'll put my hand yeah. on the table to smash it with a hammer. And uh, I'm not even they'll kidding, use man. my head as the workers that, there. You use open that parallel word, and they do not take kindly to it. They will correct you very quickly, and you will never be seen from again. Basically, the only thing I want to do right now, other than sleep, is go to Syracuse and just start screaming Carousel Mall, just skipping through the mall. Oh, you should. You know what else That's, you need to come to Syracuse for? An Orange Hoops game, which I've been pressuring you for months now. Dude, I told you I have to wait till after Christmas. I have a child for crying out loud. I have to wait. You're not. I gave you the schedule. And the... Yeah, you're. I don't think you understand you know, how good this team has the potential to be. Bayham's already said it's probably his deepest team he's ever had, which therefore means that well, the longer you wait, I, yeah. the sky, the ticket skyrocket. Um. Yeah. Let me figure this out. All right, and then I will. Because uh, I'll just have the white yeah. guys that as a uh, birthday gift. Um. So I, I looked online uh, at secondary seats for the Duke game, and nosebleeds are up to $211 for a Wednesday night. Well, Duke. I don't think I'm going to make it. 
definitely not going to make it to no. that one. Uh, but that gives you an Saturday. idea of how, how the market goes with those. Yeah, I understand. So uh, we're not going to get dive deep into that. So, Tony, do you have anything else for yeah. the show? Uh, no, I think I covered everything I got with my copious notes. Okay, good. Um, me as well. Me as well. So, um, Tony Romo will be an Arizona Cardinal next year. Uh, Bruce Arians will get the most out of Tony Romo. Tony Romo will be holding up the Lombardi Trophy next year as a member of the Arizona Cardinals. On a scale from 1 to 10, how pissed would you be if that actually happened? Uh... Uh, I watch you so badly trip and fall and just chip one of your bottom teeth right now. But yeah, I'll be very upset. Thank you. Well, you got to give me a number out of the one to ten scale. If he goes to Arizona, I actually wouldn't be that mad. I mean, if he's not going to start with us, okay. If he wins the Super Bowl for Arizona on a scale from one to ten, how mad would you be? No, if he wins the Super Bowl and beats Dallas in the NFC Championship, then I'm at an eleven, and yeah, I'm losing my damn mind. You are essing on my point right now, so uh, thank you. So what I was going to ask you is if he wins the Super Bowl, like I'm predicting, if he goes to Arizona next year, he wins the Super Bowl, you're at a, like a, what, an eight? If he wins the Super Bowl for Arizona but not Dallas, we'll say, hypothetically. Hey, you got to get me all worked up. I'm, I'm calm and relaxed. I want to go to bed soon. So, yeah, an eight's about accurate. Yeah. You're going to say an eight? Okay. Uh, On that same scale, how mad would you be if it actually happened now that I predicted it? Would that be an 11? How many many points do I get on that, you think? I think think you'd probably be at about a 12, 13. Um, Speaking of points, Tony, we need to do our our, uh, pick of the week. I won, by the way. Woo-hoo. So, uh, basically, yeah. I have to do 20 less push-ups when I see you. So, I'm down to 30. So, there we go. Um, <laughs> I don't have to do 50 on the bus at any particular point, which is probably going to be at my most tired or uh, most inebriated. So, let's look at the schedule for this week, and then we'll actually uh, we'll actually finish this show. So Yeah, we've been finishing right, for like 20 minutes now. Well, you know, I try to finish on such a high note. So, anyway, I'm going to read you the uh, games. You I'm going to read you the slate of games, and then we'll pick the one. And then we will go look at the um, – we'll Are we going with our, our so, strategy from last week where we picked the worst game? Yeah, I so I'm going to read you and try to see one of this. Yeah. I'm yeah, pulling yeah, up the schedule now, too. So, yeah, because right. who cares Giants about the Rams. game? Let's pick something terrible. That's For the love of hell, Tony, can I please read these effing games? Oh, All right, good. here we go. Oh, good God. Um – all right, Giants at Rams. Found Bears it. at uh, – <laughs> you douche. Um, almost said the other D word. Um, uh, Chicago at Green Bay. Cleveland at Cincy. That is in the running. Washington okay. at – You don't have to read Oakland them all. Tell me what you think is the worst. Tell me your worst game. Oh, maybe as a team that we would pick, but I guess not. Um, all right, you know what? The game on the schedule that I could care the least about is probably Baltimore at the Jets. Um, no, India, Tennessee. Hey, we did Tennessee last week, dude. This is actually there's a good a, slate. I mean, I'm telling you. Let me finish reading a, the schedule. There's a real clear quick. winner for worst game that you're missing. Clear winner. Uh, you can't figure it out. Uh, Tampa Bay at San Francisco. There you go. All right. Let's, let's see what the points spread on this. What part, is. Of, what, 
What part of that game does anyone care about? Honestly. Unless yeah, you're a huge um, did you see Mr. Jackson's out for the year? He tore his ACL and probably out for his career because he's 34. So that's well, not who's good. out. Where's my sports betting answer? Vincent Jackson's out for the year of the torn ACL. Oh, that sucks. Not good for Jameis. Uh, I'm so, uh, anyways. Yeah. You think we're ever going to close a show cleanly? I don't think so. I'm pontificating nope. right now, uh, filibustering until I can actually pull this site up. Okay. <laughs> what do you think the line is? This <laughs> is a slap in the face. Tampa the at San Fran? Yeah. I'm say Tampa. What's the spread, do you think? Uh, in San Fran. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to say Tampa minus six. It's Tampa by two. <laughs> I'll, take, uh, I'll take the Niners. Yeah. That is a slap considering the home team gets three points. <laughs> so it's really like a, they, yeah. they favor them by five. Oh, God. Uh, I hate this line. I, I, I'm going to take the Niners. Are you going to take Tampa and the points or just Tampa outright? How are you going to do this? No, we'll bet the line. I'll take I'll take Tampa with uh I'm giving you two then, right? Yeah. So yeah. Then Tampa, Tampa wins by one. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that. Oh my god, that what a that's terrible gonna be such game. an awful game. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the three um, late games too. So so some poor staffs in the country. If you live in the Bay Area or in Florida, you're stuck with that game for your four o'clock. I know that sucks. Well, the rest of the country still have. gets New England and Pittsburgh. You get Tampa Bay and San Fran. Enjoy that. Oh, uh, there was I ever the biggest a line of the week. Advertised Sunday ticket. That's it right there. That's why you should get either a red zone or Sunday ticket. Is an instance like that. Yeah, if you're stuck watching that that dog crap of a game. Oh my God! Can we please change our bet to Cincinnati Cleveland? That's. Uh, that's bad. The Battle of that's Ohio. not as bad as Tampa San Fran. No, it's not. But this line is absurd. Since you by nine got and playmakers, and that you got AJ Green, you got Terrell Pryor. You just got playmakers. Since by nine and a half. And San Fran. Since by nine and since you by nine and a half is absurd. Since you by nine and a half. That one all day. I would take. Me too. Okay, so we're not doing that one then. Um, I right, can so see the Browns outright so winning that game. game. Me too. So I got San Francisco. The Browns have to um, Yeah. So I got. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I got San Francisco. Um, all right. That's our. Uh, that's our bet of the week. San Francisco. Um, you have uh, the buck by two. And, uh, and I apologize so, yeah, to everyone want... who lives in San Fran and Tampa. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. God, you should buy Sunday ticket. It's worth the three hundred sixty dollars just not to watch that game or go to a Buffalo. At the very least, buy anything out. Ten bucks a month at Time Warner. It's nothing. Yes, it's literally nothing, and it's the greatest channel that's ever happened to you. So, all right, Tony, that's uh, that's the show. Under the hoodies, follow Tony at uh, Utica Vendor. Follow Bill at Bill Kegel on the Twitters, backsportspage.com. And, uh, Tony, what are we? Is that you, John Wayne? Is this me? <laughs> God damn it. I couldn't edit <laughs> Good edit, because I was trying not to laugh. I was going to say something. Oh, first again. Yeah, sorry. Good job. Oh, just hit end. Full metal jacket. All right, later.